Hello, everybody. It's Johnny with Sin City Hustlers coming at you with another episode of Let's Talk eBay. Uh, today, we're going to go over our weekend sales or my weekend sales, and we're going to go over some eBay related news and, of course, weird listing of the week. But first, we're going to have two resellers on who are my favorite. I love these ladies to death, uh, Katie Zilberberg and the LVP Panther, uh, Vicky. So let's get them on and talk to them, get their uh, story and their journey. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up? Hi, Katie. Hello. Is that Vicky? Yep. <laughs> How are you guys doing this morning? We're pretty good. Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I had my coffee, and now I got uh, you guys on my podcast, which is great. <laughs> yeah, we're totally excited about it. <laughs> uh, I saw your Instagram where you're, you're pulling items already this morning. Yeah, yeah. I just got, I only had like a few orders from yesterday, but uh, it got, it's funny because I, I pulled my few orders. I'm like, oh, I only have like three. And then like right as I did my shipping, I had two things sold. So I was pretty excited about it. Were your guys' uh, sales slow over the weekend? Because mine were super slow. Um, You know, it was crazy because we had like a few days where all of a sudden sales like exploded and then they got real slow again. And now like as of like I didn't have any sales all day yesterday, and then all of a sudden at ten o'clock I sold three things to three. Yeah, I had none yesterday, and then like I think early this morning I had like one, <laughs> which I thought yeah, was I weird. Had, um, I had a really good Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then dead on Sunday, and yes. yesterday was decent. Yeah. Yeah, my Sunday was dead. My Monday was dead <laughs> until I got one sale late last night. Well, yeah. Like you're just at the mercy of the eBay gods. Mm -hmm. we, we are. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, I've talked about you guys in the past uh, in my po other podcasts. And, you know, I just I just love you guys. I, I can't I told I can't say enough about you guys. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you so much. How did you uh, we'll start with Katie. How did you discover that you can make an actual business on eBay or another platform that you see sell on etsy too right um i do uh you know it's funny my journey's been kind of weird because you know i've been buying on ebay since the late 90s um but you know i was always doing other stuff and and i'm kind of like i'm somebody who i like to collect things um i don't really collect anything right now but back in the day i used to collect movies i started with vhs and then with the dvd then blu-ray and so I had like this huge collection um, in like the early mid 2000s, like over 3000 titles. And about 2006, 2007, um, I was getting ready to move to New York to go um, to grad school and I needed some money uh, to help fund my move. And so I actually was selling on Amazon and I, I never did it as a, as a job. It was really just like, I'm going to sell a bunch of movies, raise a couple thousand dollars and to help me move. And yeah. so I did that. So I've been kind of like dabbling in selling over the years. Um, but then uh, late 2015, I had left a job and I was trying to build up a uh, my own marketing consulting company. My background's in nonprofit management. And, uh, and I happened to be at an Adidas outlet store and I saw some shoes. And I, for some reason, I was like, oh, I'm going to see what these go for on eBay. Because they were marked down really low and they were some really cool like basketball, like high tops. 
And I ended up buying a few pairs and I had my first sale in December of 2015. And it just turned out that selling on eBay picked up a little bit more quickly than trying to build my own other business. And so I just kind of went full into it without having planning. I didn't plan to do it ahead of time. It just kind of happened. And pretty much within eight months, I was making a full-time income. Uh, I hit four, quarter four in 2016 and everything exploded from there. And I haven't looked back. See, that's interesting because there's a, I've interviewed other resellers on my podcast and I asked them, you know, how did they discover reselling? And a lot of them tell me, oh, I, I watched a lot of YouTube on, you know, like say Nicole State or, or Reezy Resales. And that's how I got motivated to start selling. And, and most of them, just like me, I'm the same way. I, that's how I discovered uh, reselling was YouTube. And, and mm -hmm. your story, you just kind of kind of just dove right in, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up thrifting. I have, uh, you know, my grandma, she's like the original gangster when it comes to like going to garage sales and thrift stores. And she used to like, she would resell. Um, she would get, you know, like you could rent like booths at tables at different events and stuff. And she would do that and like flip uh, vintage linens and scarves. And she's really, really knowledgeable when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I kind of like grew up in an environment where I, that was a thing, even yeah. before it was on the internet. And uh, so, so yeah, so it just kind of, you know, it just kind of happened. And uh, I hadn't watched any YouTube at all or anything like that. Once I started reselling, I started looking for stuff but online, but I actually never really followed like other resellers for the most part, other than um, Hustler Hacks was one of the first ones I did follow just because he, he does shoes and stuff. And so I really liked watching him. And yes. I would watch stuff like Paul Cantu and, you know, round twos, the show and stuff like that. Cause I do all streetwear. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, and Vicki, how did you discover reselling? Well, I uh, started, let's see, I was like Katie, I was a buyer starting. I mean, my first account was in 1999 and um, I'm a big hair metal and rock uh, fan. So I used to collect um, obscure music memorabilia. So eBay was the place to go. And back then you used to go on eBay and look for something and there would be like one page or two pages of items for sale for the entire eBay. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you could scroll through every listing on eBay in, in an hour. Um, so uh, I used to buy a lot of things that way. And then um, I started selling household items many uh, years ago. My ex and I moved in together and we both owned, we both owned our own houses. And we had duplicates of a lot of things like CDs and DVDs and even VHS and um, just little things around the house. And we started selling stuff. And that was back when DVDs for you would get 20 bucks a DVD, no matter what it was. Um, and so we were like, well, this is really easy. Why don't more people sell online? So I started going to garage sales, which I had never done before. I had never gone in a thrift store. Yeah. Um, I came from a, a home where my mom thought buying used things was disgusting. Um, so, <laughs> no, she's, she's absolutely horrified by what I do. Um, but we would go, uh, I, I started going to garage sales and I bought an antique cash register. I used to live in new England. So antiques were everywhere. And I bought an antique cash register, not knowing anything about it other than, wow, this is cool looking and it's old. I put it on eBay. It probably weighed 60 pounds. I put it in an auction because that's what you did back then. Everything went into auction and I sold, I paid $2 and it sold for over a thousand. Nice. And I was hooked and I had to try and figure out how to ship it. And I had no <laughs> idea how to ship it. And it was this huge thing that weighed about 60 pounds. I remember taking it to the post, uh, I took it to UPS, a UPS pack and ship place. 
and they, you know, probably charged me three times what it normally cost would have cost if I had known how to package it myself, but I didn't care because I made so much money on it. I was like, Oh my God, I don't care. I have to pay $200 to ship this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was really it. And then about eight years ago, um, you know, Katie, Katie would comes from a, a nonprofit background, but I come from a, a mortgage and banking background and I ran a nonprofit, um, voluntarily it was all volunteer on the side and I realized I didn't really like working for other people making money doing mortgages um, I really wanted to spend more time doing volunteer work and working in the nonprofit sector but that doesn't pay any money in the most for the most part yeah so I need still need to pay my bills um, and when the banking crisis happened and you know the, the bubble burst I, that was my way out. I, I started working somewhere part-time and took my, uh, my hobby selling into like full-time selling. And then eventually I left my part-time job and, and went full-time reselling about, it's been about nine years now. I wow. haven't had a real job since. That's really so cool. It was long before YouTube, long before YouTube, long before the internet, long before you could look up solds and figure out how, what stuff was worth long before smartphones. See, you really um, had to do like think. major research, right? Because you didn't have the access like we do now with cell phones and the internet. Yeah, none of that. None of that. Nobody, there was nobody to teach you how to sell on eBay. You learn through trial and error. I actually used to teach people myself. Uh, now I, it's easy to tell people look stuff up on, you know, online or on YouTube, but we didn't have that then. And, um, you know, you make a lot of mistakes and you just learn through trial and error what you should buy, what you shouldn't buy, how to list, how to take pictures, how to package and ship and yeah you know you learn hands-on you do you do i i experienced that myself i'm i'm learning as i go and i've only been selling for eight months so you know i i've made a whole lot of mistakes and i'm sure you guys have made some mistakes on on your way to uh reselling oh yeah still make mistakes everybody makes mistakes yeah, I still have I still have some old stuff listed that uh, that from when I very first started. That's just I get so excited when I sell a shirt for like twelve dollars because I'm just like <laughs> this. It's like <laughs> something I never ever ever would pick up now, and I'm just like I will pay you to take this off my hands, whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. When I first started, um, I my you know when you get when you first sign up for eBay, they give you like fifty free listings a month, and um. Mm -hmm they uh my first 19 listings were jeans <laughs> which was a huge mistake because jeans don't really sell that well so you know i'm at the bins when i first started to list and i'm like picking up these jeans and oh they you know i didn't even care what kind of brand they were i wasn't really looking them up i was like oh they look nice they look nice and listed my first 19 listings were jeans and you know and you know when you start when i started out, i'm thinking i'm gonna go to sleep and wake up and all my jeans are going to be sold and I'm just shipping them out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I've seen, I've seen people post people, people will post something like in a Facebook group and they'll be like, I don't understand it. I'm not selling anything. What's happening. And then you find out they've been selling for 30 days. They only have 35 listings up. Yes. And it's like, you know, I totally get it. It's like, you have this perception of like, I'm going to put stuff up and it's just going to start. I'm it's gonna just going to start selling like every day. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, Nothing sold today. I was like, wow, well, I got 19 listings. Nobody's even looking at my stuff. But uh, <laughs> it's a numbers game. It yeah. Is. <laughs> um, what are your guys' goals as far as uh, having your own business? Um, are you guys doing this you know, to retire? Are you guys doing it for a specific reason? Um, 
I would say, well, as far as goals go, I don't have like this, I don't have this fantasy of like, I want to build this empire. I want to have 10 people working under me, you know, bringing in millions of dollars every year through online selling. Um, I want to make a decent living at it. You know, I'm at about, I'm almost at 1700 listings right now. I probably want to max out around maybe 2000 listings. Um, you know, maybe I would hire somebody to do pictures for me, although it's like, I'm so, I am, I have, I'm very particular about the way I want to do things, but I kind of like having a smaller operation and focusing more on like bringing up average sale price and stuff like that. Um, but then there's other ways that I'm trying to expand, you know, like I, like I am doing Etsy and I'm building that up right now. Um, I am of course doing the YouTube thing. I've just, you know, that's really been, I've been putting a lot of time into that. I just started, you know, I, I started my, my channel like a year ago, but I really kind of went full into it. Um, the beginning of this calendar year. Um, and that's really growing. And of course, yeah. you know, you can, you do monetize that and that is a revenue stream. Um, and so for me, it's like, I want to be able to, you know, make a decent living where we're comfortable. Hopefully we can do some traveling and stuff. And then really, you know, like I said, I, I have a background in nonprofit work. Um, so for me, it is super important that I am doing something that's like outside of myself, bigger than myself. And so, um, you know, really like a lot of the, the stuff I'm doing with YouTube is, is really more about helping other people and being a leader in the community. I kind of naturally do gravitate towards leadership positions, no matter what I do. And so um, I want to broaden my reach there and just, you know, it's, it's all about helping other people to be successful. There's a lot of people who are trying to do this work and they're, you know, some people are really good at it right away and some people really struggle. And a lot of people have different reasons why they go into this work. And, you know, we were just talking yesterday, we had like a little meetup lunch and there were a couple of people talking about like social anxiety. And it's like, you know, when you do this, you know, there's a reason why people like this kind of job where you're at home by yourself and you're not having to deal with people a lot. And, and so that comes with a lot of like unique struggles. And so, uh, you know, not to go on like a big rambly Thing right now <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> I, do, I do feel like I do feel like we we help a lot of people and that that is what is probably more important to me than this idea of like building up this giant reselling yeah. empire so I don't know what about you Vicky um kind of the same type of goals I don't think that either one of us is looking to grow this into a massive empire of course that would be nice if it happened organically but I really just like to make a good living, which I've been able to do for the past several years. Um, I like to moderately increase every year um, so that it makes sense, you know. Um, and, you know, I have about 2,400 listings right now. I probably will cap out around 3,000. I've never been able to get there because uh, I just keep selling. So um, I like the idea of, uh, I have someone that works for me very part-time. Um, on occasion, and I'd like to be able to give her a few more hours and, and help me get up to that goal. But really, we just like to be able to work so that we can do a little bit of traveling. Um, I, I volunteer with a couple of different charities throughout the year, and I like to, I go away and travel to do some volunteer work. And that, you know, obviously that costs money to do that. I'm not paid because it's volunteer work. Yeah. Uh, and so I like to be able to have enough um, disposable income to be able to travel a little bit and also to afford that to go and do the things that make me feel good. And that's, um, you know, the volunteer work that I do. So for me, you know, YouTube is a fun way to meet other sellers and to help people. And, um, you know, between the Facebook group and, and YouTube, I, I think that's a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun doing that, even though it is a, a, an additional revenue stream or will be at some point. Um, that's not the 
the main reason why we're doing it. So it's more about making it sustainable because it's like, you know, there is, I'm sure, you know, Johnny, just from doing your podcast, you there, it takes up a lot of time to kind of do all the social media stuff. And, and so, you know, being able to at least keep it sustainable by having some support from it helps a lot and it helps it so that we can dedicate time to doing more and, and helping people. So. Right. I mean, that's the reason, I mean, you guys know I have a YouTube channel, which I, <laughs> it's dead right now. I haven't done anything with it and it, because I've been focusing more on the podcast. I seem to get a, a better response with my podcast. And that's the reason why I think I do uh, the podcast is I think people listen and from me interviewing other resellers and we have uh, just like when I first started, you know, I was doing a lot of research uh, before I even jumped in to start reselling. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are on the fence and they're not really sure if they want to do it or not. And I think people will, you know, listen to this podcast or, or find, you know, your YouTube channel and really just take that next step and just, you know, just jump in and do it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, what I love about you doing the podcast is, you know, the YouTube, the whole YouTube world is, it's pretty saturated. There's a lot, I mean, there's always room for more personalities for sure. Um, but there's a lot of competition, I think. And, uh, and the reality is, is that there's not really, as far as I know, I mean, I know Scavenger Life does like a podcast, but there's not really like a lot of reselling podcasts that I know, because I listen to like a lot of podcasts, um, nothing reselling related. But uh, so I think it's pretty cool that you're doing a podcast, because I, I feel like you're filling um, a need. And like, there's, I think that there's a real, probably a demand for more content like this. Yeah, that was Katie's original idea, actually, before she started doing YouTube. Oh, this okay. This time last year, she wanted to do a podcast because she listens to so many podcasts. Yeah. And um, and that was originally what yeah. she wanted to do. Uh, exactly, almost exactly what you're doing, which is great. Um, and then yeah, I did a lot of research before I, I even started the podcast um, uh -huh. because I, I looked up uh, maybe like like you did, Katie. I, I looked up to see if there was any type of, type of eBay-related podcast. And I only found a few. There wasn't actually that many uh, out there. So I'm like, okay, well, let's, you know, let me try this and see what happens. And I've, I've gotten a huge response from it, you know, especially, yeah, that's awesome. especially the episodes where I uh, interview other resellers, you know, it gets a huge mm -hmm. response. Yeah. I think everybody is looking for stories and they like to hear what other people are doing and what their experience is like. And everybody relates to different people for different reasons. And so I, I just think it's, it's a pretty cool community and it's always fun to learn about new people. Yeah. It's it, to me, it's interesting too. And I think that's why I came up with the idea of, of coming up with uh, interviewing with other resellers and I because everybody's uh, journey is different as far as reselling, you know, everybody has a different story on how they started and what their goals are, mm -hmm. you know, as far as reselling. And I yeah. think it's, it, to me, it's really interesting. And I think uh, a lot of people can relate to that or are interested in hearing that, you know, and people, like I said, who are on the fence and don't know if they're really sure they want to do it. Maybe, you know, give them that little push, that little motivation. Maybe they can start doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, that's how I started, you know, and I think that that's why I do it because I was influenced by like Reezy and Nicole States and Side Hustle Pros and Hustle Hacks. You know, watching all those YouTube, you guys, you know, you know, uh -huh. I, I love, you know, I love your guys' YouTube. And it, like you said, it is a little saturated right now on YouTube. And I think that's why I didn't gain the subscribers that I get, that I got doing my YouTube. Um, because your guys' content is great. I love your guys' content. But you guys go live. 
you do you do haul videos once in a while, right? You don't do that many, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. We Every have Sunday. We have three different shows, three different live shows that we do, and so Sunday's our Sunday live haul show, and we go over solds as well as um, stuff that we sourced from the week before, and we really try to do it from like an educational standpoint. Like we don't just talk about what we sold or what we bought. We talk about why. Um, and then Wednesday we have our boss up in the list live show that's all around our virtual listing party we do in our Facebook group. And then Friday is um, my silly no pants Friday one, which is just, <laughs> it's really just a laid back like uh, Q and a kind of show. Um, so yeah, I know that's, I mean, and then we do like other kind of random stuff, like random videos that we'll, we'll put up. But the thing is like, I, you know, I had a, I was lucky because I won the shine award last year at eBay. So when I started my YouTube channel, that's why I started the YouTube channel. Cause I kind of like had this like little moment of like quote unquote pseudo celebrity notoriety within our tiny little community, just because <laughs> I was a shine award winner. And, you know, so I was getting a lot of attention. Yes. Um, so, so I was really lucky that when I started doing the YouTube channel, I already had a little bit of attention from people. Um, I don't even know what would have happened if, if I had just randomly with, you know, knowing no one like you did, you know, started a YouTube channel and then, you know, it probably would have been a much, much slower process. Um, so um, I'm definitely lucky that I had the start I had. I think you're being a little bit modest there, Katie. I think you would have, you would have shined, you know, no pun intended, uh, anyway, without, with or without the award, because you're, you're really, you have a real big personality, you know, you, you you know, when you talk and, and you're real animated as far as on your YouTube and your live videos, <clears throat> that it grabs uh, people's attention. It grabbed my attention. So, you know, and I instantly like subscribe to your channel and, and, and you guys, you know, I love you guys to death. And I've talked about you guys on other podcasts. And it's like, you guys are the good people, <clears throat> excuse me, in this uh, reselling community. I mean, you guys love to help people and you recently helped someone reorganize their inventory, right? Yeah, we did. We that did. was actually uh, that was actually Vicky's idea. She's she she basically volunteered us. I was forced to come along. <laughs> <laughs> we have a friend who uh, in town, uh, Dorothy, who's another reseller, and uh, we had there was a thread in our Facebook group uh, where we were talking about you know inventory and, and death piles and profit piles or whatever the heck you want to call them. Basically, unlisted inventory and how some people were feeling overwhelmed and some people were posting pictures of of their, their crazy rooms and their garages and these mountains of stuff. And, um, you know, if you've listened to our show or watched our show here and there, you know that Katie and I don't really have that. Um, you know, she's never more than a week or two behind on uh, listing items that she's purchased. I'm the same way. I have about right now, the oldest items that I have are about two and a half weeks old. And we do source a lot, but we're very consistent and um, disciplined in our listing. Yes. So, and I know that not many people are like that. I understand that now. I never thought that was the case, but I've realized that, you know, we're the anomaly, not the norm. Um, and so a lot of people were posting pictures about, you know, these mountains that they can't seem to conquer. And uh, one of them being our friend Dorothy. And I said, all right, that's it. I said, we're coming to help you. We're right around the corner. I said, Katie and I are going to come and spend a day and help you organize. And I just said this to her in a, in a private message. And then we realized our friend uh, Lorna was also coming to town this next over this past week and we just said okay we're gonna wait a couple weeks and we're gonna do it when Lorna's there pick a day you tell me these are the three days that we are we have available you tell me which day works for you we're coming nine o'clock in the morning no questions asked we're doing it yeah like okay <laughs> now we kind, Lorna, of forced, we kind of forced her into it she was, Lorna a was the it. one 
who's the one that had over like five thousand items that were not listed? Uh, well, no, Lorna, Lorna's, but she was on our podcast, or not our podcast, sorry, our show, the you know the last few shows. She talked about she has five thousand things um, that are listed, but she had gone through and like taken a bunch of stuff down. She was overhauling her whole inventory. She doesn't oh, have okay. the unlisted problem. It's it's just she had a lot a lot of stuff that's just been sitting there for years that you know she needed to like kind of purge everything purge up. purge stuff yeah. that isn't really worth having listed or it's just been sitting there. She was one of those people that she'll look at something and well it has value. I can't throw it away even if I list it for four dollars. It'll someone will buy it. I'm like oh stop stop <laughs> donate it get rid yeah. of it junk. Not everything has value. But um, so she's starting to come around to that <laughs> to make uh, to clear out her inventory and to make better choices and, yeah. and just have more quality items listed in her store. Um, save, you know, not waste her time listing stuff that is going to have such a high, you know, slow and low return. Yeah, yeah. time is money. But yeah, it we is. spent we spent a whole a whole day going through Dorothy's stuff and we, we literally sort, sorted everything into three categories stuff that stuff that could be listed and we probably were like 25 30 dollars in value or more uh stuff to be sold in a garage sale because she does do garage sales and because she had a lot of good stuff that just um that people would be excited to find in a garage sale but really once you look to see like what it sells for online it was like ten dollars twelve dollars you know and so all of that went into the garage sale pile and then stuff to be donated that just wasn't even worth a garage sale and so it took us like and seven and then oh and some too. trash and it took us like seven plus hours. Cause here's the thing she does, she does like storage lockers and auctions. So she gets lots of lots where okay. she's bidding on stuff, the, you know, specific things that she wants to get. And then she gets a whole bunch of other stuff along with it. Um, and so by the time we were done, I think there was like, you know, if you go there, we put the video up yesterday and uh, there was a little bit left for her to still sort through, but for the most part, we were able to sort through everything. We got, we went through 90, at least 90% of the yeah. stuff that she had in the house. And then she has a, a three car garage that is, um, full as well. We did not get into the garage, so the garage, <laughs> the garage is is she's on her own there. But we did the um, we did the inside of the house. So basically, she had had this whole bunch of stuff that had taken over her formal living room and um, and dining area, and so, to the point where she didn't have any furniture in there anymore. Wow. Um, so she had had it all stacked in this one room, and we were able to at least make that take that back, so she has living yeah. space again. Her home is big; she didn't necessarily need the living space, but you know, you want to have space in your house, not your inventory stacked up to the ceiling. Yeah. So her so, inventory is pretty much taking over her house. Yeah. yeah. So she now that she has it neatly organized and, and put in boxes and away, away on racks and so that yeah. she has that space back. Yep. Nice. Um, how can uh, people find you on social media? Uh, well, as far as uh, my channel goes, um, it's just under my name, Katie Zilberberg, and I'm assuming in this podcast you'll have it spelled correctly so people can find me. And uh, but yeah, it's just under my name. But but I basically have have forced uh, Victoria to be on pretty much every single episode that I do. So it's really more our channel than it is mine. Um, and then my Instagram is the other place where I'm most active, and that's under my name as well. Uh, same with me as far as, uh, I don't have my own YouTube channel. I'm just a, um, a tag along on, on Katie's and that's her name. <laughs> uh, but Instagram, uh, is my store name, which is LV Pink Panther, LV for Las Vegas, LV Pink Panther. And, uh, that's pretty much it. I'm pretty active on Instagram 
Uh, but other than that, that's it. Yeah, and I think I, what I like about our dynamic together is, well, I think we're just fun together. I think I'm a lot sillier and funnier when I have Vicky to play off of. Um, but also, just from a practical standpoint, you know, I only sell uh, men's clothing, and so it would be a pretty boring like haul show if all I did was show like, here's another T-shirt I bought, here's another jacket I bought. Yeah. Um, you know, so I have like this kind of limited scope of knowledge. I mean, it goes pretty deep, but it's limited to men's clothing, streetwear, vintage stuff. Um, what Vicky brings is like a whole nether level of, you know, she sources and sells everything and, and she has a, a much longer history with eBay. And so she brings some really cool knowledge around like hard goods and just all kinds of crazy stuff. So it really makes it interesting for any seller that wants to watch us. Um, they're going to learn a lot and they're going to, they're going to see a lot of different, um, areas touched on well that's what i love about your guys's uh youtube channel is that uh when you do your live uh uh hauls or sales too and uh you you explain where you got the item from and what it is and the history of it if it's vintage you know same thing with vicky you know with hard goods you know you, you guys are pretty knowledgeable on on all the stuff that you sell and uh do you think that having that much knowledge of vintage and, and men's clothing and hard goods, you know, for you, Vicky, um, does, that takes time to, to get to know, right. To, to, when you go out sourcing, you know, what, you know, you look at, say Vicky, you go out and, and you're going through savers and you're looking at all the hard goods, you know, um, do you know exactly what you're looking for? Or are you just, just browsing around looking? I never know what I'm looking for because you never know what's <laughs> going to be there. So that's why I shop every category except children's clothing, pretty much. Um, I will, you know, because it, like you said, it's such a it's such a vast amount of things. Um, I don't. I, I tend to say that I I'm not an expert on anything, but I know a little bit about a lot of different topics. So it's just, it really is just based on experience and the amount of time that I've been doing this and learning things as I go. And, um, I will just, if I think something is interesting or if I think something looks like it's quality or it's made well, I'm pretty much going to buy it. And I don't look up a lot of things, especially in thrift stores. Uh, I, maybe I'll look something up if it's $10 or more, but under $10, I pretty much, I think this looks good. All right. I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to lose money. Um, right. I may not always lose money. I may not always have a home run and I've certainly made mistakes here and there, but because I learned how to purchase without looking anything up because it wasn't an option, I've, I've just always continued that way. Mm -hmm. um, and once you learn things about clothing, not just name brands, because you know you can learn and memorize bolo lists and brand name lists, people do put them out there. Um, but more than anything, once you learn how to spot quality, quality in construction and the way things are made and how they feel, I'm very tactile. If you ever followed around next to me in a store, uh, especially when I'm looking at clothing, I touch everything and I have to, I have to do that. And it's, I don't know, it's this weird compulsion, but I have to touch everything because I can tell by the fabrics if something is made well and how it's made and the fa fa fabrics that are used. So I've learned a lot that way. I'll, I'll feel something. I'll like, oh, this feels really nice. And then I'll look up the name. And usually I'm right that it's a good name. Because mm -hmm. you yeah, can tell by... You can tell by touch, right? Just how, if it's quality, you know, if it's made really yeah, well. Exactly. Yep. You can tell how, especially with women's clothing, even more so than men's, but especially with women's clothing. Yeah. And I think there's a certain amount of, you know, when it comes to this work, being successful at it, the, the people who are most successful at it, 
I think there's a, there's a big element of it that's just instinct. Um, but then there's also uh, the ability to like really learn quickly and to kind of pack away the knowledge and build it up and build it up and build it up. Because, you know, when I started, I knew nothing, absolutely nothing about men's clothing. Um, I started actually with hard goods, but then when I went into clothing, I, I went into men's clothing and I didn't know anything at all. And I was going to the bins and I kind of consider the bins as being really cheap tuition because at the time I was going, it was 99 cents a pound. And I would just buy anything that I thought might be worth something. And I was wrong a lot of times. And sometimes mm -hmm. I was right. Um, and so it's, you know, Vicky and I are very similar. I think we're similar in how our brains work, which is why we're both pretty, pretty good at this. Um, you know, we both have like a level of instinct and just kind of like a feeling that something might be worth something. And, and we kind of go off of that. Um, but then also being able to take in information and retaining it, but then also being able to apply what we learn to new areas if that makes sense at all. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's, you know, when you see people say like, oh, can you tell me what, what should I be buying and give me a bolo list? It's like, it's so much, it's so much deeper than that. And same thing when it goes to, you know, we've been having people ask us, can you do a show where you talk about vintage clothing and labels we should be looking for? And it's like, we, we want to do that. But at the same time, we're like, it's going to be really difficult to make a show like that because there's, there's so many nuances and it's not just about brands like today i sold a um echo unlimited jacket for uh for 80 dollars. now normally i don't even pick up that brand anymore for the most part mm -hmm. uh, for the most part i would say it's not really a brand that's worth investing in so it's hard to say like why i picked up this particular jacket because i knew that this one was worth money or or this one was worth selling because of the, the style it was the condition yeah. it was the size it was um, but I knew when I bought it, it was one that was worth buying. But I would never say on the bolo list, hey, you should totally look up, uh, totally make sure you pick up Echo Unlimited every time you see it. Like, it's just not the case. So, yeah, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to put it all into like a, a succinct, like small package to be able to give to other people to say, here's how you can be successful. Right. Because a bolo list, if you put out a bolo list and say, hey, uh, let's say, you know, uh, uh, Ann Taylor or something, you know, and, you know, look out for this brand. But, you know, I, you know, some Ann Taylor sell better than others. So if you put out a bowl just for Ann Taylor, everybody's just going to pick up Ann Taylor and think it's going to sell. Right. Mm -hmm. Not true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's certain brands, obviously, like if you were in a thrift store and you come across a Supreme t-shirt, yes, buy it every single time if it's legit, uh, if it's not a fake shirt. But even stuff like, you know, Pendleton, which is a great brand. And for the most part, I would say get anything Pendleton. But then it's like there's the caveat of like, well, get it if it's men's, if it's women's almost usually I would say like don't bother. Um, and even with men's, it depends on what it is. If it's just a regular plaid shirt, then depends on how much it sells, how much they're asking for it. If it's a board shirt, then yes, get it every time. Um, so there's so many like levels to it. Uh, now, uh, my wife, Jolene, uh, she actually was going through your store a couple of days ago because she loves Stussy, um, mm -hmm. and you only have like three listings of Stussy uh, uh, items. Um, do you come across it a lot, or is it very rare? Um, I almost never came across it when I was in Oregon. I think I found one T-shirt one time. I do find it more often here, um, but not all the time. Uh, but I did just and and Stussy is one of those brands where it's like you know the newer stuff is going to sell not for crazy amounts. You know, twenty thirty dollars for a new T-shirt, newer T-shirt. 
but the vintage stuff sells for quite a bit. Like I found like a, a Stussy vintage sweatshirt, like a month, what was it, like six, eight months ago. Mm -hmm. And most people, you know, if you would just saw it on the rack, you'd be like, that's a pretty ugly looking sweatshirt. Cause it was like a really weird kind of gaudy pattern. Um, but I looked at it because it had a weird pattern and I looked at the tag and realized it was a vintage made in the U.S. you know Stussy sweatshirt and I ended up selling it for like I don't remember exactly but it was a couple hundred dollars like 200 or 250 um and so yeah I definitely come across it more often here because we're in you know in like Vegas or like in the California area there's a lot more of that kind of streetwear yeah um but when I do come across it it usually sells relatively quickly like I think I just sold what was it that t-shirt I just sold a couple weeks ago and I don't even remember what I sold it for now was it wasn't it like over two hundred dollars and I went to Japan mm -hmm. I think oh, okay. um yeah so I find it more but not all the time so when you do find it you probably it probably list it and just sells right away right yeah it sells pretty it usually sells pretty quickly um especially the vintage stuff if it's like the old Stussy that's awesome mm -hmm. um you uh you recently you guys recently had a meetup right uh, I think it was Monday you guys had a meetup for like a, just local resellers. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a, a meetup. It was pretty uh, loosely organized. But Lorna was uh, our friend was here in town, and we have some friends from our Facebook group and and just local resellers. There's at least thirty or thirty five local resellers that I know personally here, um, and we're working on, or I'm working on putting together an actual organized meetup group. Um, I'll get you the information on it anyway, but we just quickly threw out, Hey, we're going to get together and have an informal lunch. If anybody wants to come, this is where we're going to be. So we had uh, about 12 people show up yesterday and we just had a quick little uh, lunch gathering, met some new eBay friends and uh, put some faces to some names. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, I did put together a meetup group last year, um, very briefly, and it didn't last very long. Um, I was actually only able to have one meetup. And uh, since then, I've been uh, thinking about doing it again. And it, there really does seem to be a need for one here that that meets on a consistent basis um, in the Valley. And, you know, there's a lot of people that do what we do. And strangely enough, we know a lot of them. So um yeah, we're yeah. going to be working on doing a, a more consistent meeting. It's It looks like it's probably going to be the second Tuesday of every month and uh, probably won't be able to start until October because we're out of town next month. Yeah, so yeah. So if there's anybody that's listening to this um, that's in the Vegas area, definitely find us, connect with us um, because we're going to be putting together, Vicky's going to put together a, um, a Facebook group that's just for local people, not, uh, not like another reselling facebook group it's really just going to be for scheduling just get together yeah it's just gonna be for scheduling get togethers and maybe discussing topics and things like that but uh for, for the actual meetings it's not going to be a facebook group just to be in a facebook group there's enough of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> no i would have made it but i have to i had to work that day <laughs> yeah no i know and i was i felt badly well we're going to do it in the evening uh for the actual because a lot of people do still have day jobs i, I know not not all of us resellers do this full time so um, uh, it's going to be in the evening. It's going to be the second Tuesday of the month, and that's going to be fairly consistent. Still working on the location, but I have a general idea of where I'm going to do it. I just need to confirm that they can handle the volume there. I think that's awesome. I I love to network with other resellers and you know and I get their stories really and stuff. Important. I yeah, I think meetups are really important. I think uh, the same thing with Facebook groups and things like that. We 
what we do is a very solitary career. Um, and a lot of times people are very isolated in the way that they do it. And I think that, you know, you don't have traditional coworkers. So, right. you know, you guys are our coworkers and this, it helps to get together and talk to other people about, um, you know, about business. It's interesting and fun. Well, and yeah, it's like, and sort you, of an you outlet, have people right? who know what you're, who know what it's like. It's like people who don't resell don't know what it is that we do. They don't really get it. They don't get all the nuances of it. And there's just something really nice about getting together with other people who get exactly what it is that you're going through from day to day. Yeah, that's true. Because um, I think I've talked about in my other podcasts is like this, the reselling community, it, I think is a small community. Not too many people know about the reselling community, but at the same time, people in the community is huge. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they, they know a lot of resellers and they know people who resell. They're not necessarily, you know, on social media. They just do it because they love to do it. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, I had another question. Oh, you guys have a Facebook group, right? Uh, what is it called? Boss Up. Facebook yeah. Well, group? the group is called it's it's the Boss Facebook group. Um, the easiest way to find it is to just go find um, our YouTube channel. I put a link to the group in every single video in the description. Um, it's a great group. It's you know it's small but growing. And uh, we do, I do like daily listing challenges. It's a really, it's all about, uh, you know, providing like a really positive, supportive um, community where, you know, it's all about like building each other up, celebrating our accomplishments and helping people when they have problems. Um, it's, it's a really cool creating, community. Creating goals and working toward yeah. those goals and having people encourage each other to get there. Um, it's, it's, we do talk about business and that was originally how, why it was started was to be able to address some of the business questions about inventory, inventory control, taxes, tax questions, things like that. And we realized that, you know, business itself is not the most interesting part. People do want to talk about, you know, their sales and their accomplishments and, and successes as well. So we've got a, quite a combination of topics that go on there. It's a real positive environment. We, um, we don't have a lot of rules in our group. Uh, as Teresa puts it, uh, is, is that we, um, we basically have kindergarten rules, you know, everybody be kind to one another and respect yeah. one another. Um, and that's really it. Uh, we don't have a lot of, um, eBay bashing or PayPal bashing. It's not that it's not allowed. It's just that what, what good does it do? It's yeah. not very productive. Um, you know, you can find plenty of groups that will sit there and complain about how eBay is terrible and how it keeps all the money that it costs. And you know, yeah. all the scammers that are out there. I mean, that, that exists, that exists on so many different platforms. And really that's not a positive work environment. It, you know, every business has its challenges and we're not immune to that. And we're not, you know, eBay cheerleaders, so, so to speak, where yeah. we think that nothing, nothing ever goes wrong. Things absolutely go wrong, but let's talk about how to overcome those issues and how yeah. to be better, uh, better sellers and better resellers with the tools that we have. Um, I don't think that, anything good comes out of just complaining and whining all the time there's plenty of that you can do that anybody can do that right well and and it's like the whole boss up philosophy is that you know you have control over your life your success and if you want to do well then you need to do something about it and so you know don't get me wrong we we complain a bitch about things all the time here at home uh (laughs) but but we really encourage people to you know rather than focusing on the negative it's like you know coming up with solutions or you know looking instead of putting, you know, putting everything externally and saying every, every, everything is somebody else's fault or some other company's fault, looking at how you can improve the way you do things to make a difference. 
Um, because I think that once you realize how much of it is under your own control, it's really liberating. And you suddenly realize like, oh, I can do something that's going to change where I'm at. Um, and so that's, that's kind of like where we're coming from. Just staying positive, basically, right? Just yeah. have a positive outlook about your, you know, your business and, you know, don't focus too much on the negative, you know, don't let it take, you know, take over, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, not to, not to like turn a blind eye to when things go wrong, but, you know, looking at it as like, okay, so, so this is happening and it's not, it's it's affecting me in a negative way. Now, what do I do? What can I do to, to change this? Um, You know, and it, because it's like, if you're proactive, you're going to, you're going to find yourself in a different place. If all you do is sit and complain about it and you don't do anything to change it, then you're, you're not never going to go anywhere. So. Yeah. That's really cool. I that's what I, I love about you guys. You guys are like super positive people and you know, your YouTube channel is is really taking off. You're getting a lot of subscribers, right? Yeah, it's growing really, really fast. It's it's pretty awesome. Um we've I, grown what, I think about almost a thousand people in the last month. Yeah. It's crazy. It's good. It's it's just it seems like it's speeding up. So it's really cool. It's exciting. So it's obvious that you guys are, are doing something right. And, you're, and you're, it's obvious that you guys are positive people as far as, you know, reselling and, and helping people. So I think that's why your YouTube is growing so fast. I think people can relate to your YouTube channel and, you know, they're, they're, you're not focusing, like you said, on the negative, you're focusing on, on how to improve and how to be positive as far as reselling. And, you know, that's why I started following you. I think when I started following you, you had only had a few hundred subscribers. And I think in the past six months or so, it's really, you know, gained a lot of subscribers. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty awesome. It's exciting. <laughs> do you uh, do you get recognized more as a reseller that your YouTube has, ch- has taken off or, you know, did... Um... Does- we did at eBay open. I have to say that was, that was a little bit surreal. I mean, a lot of people knew who Katie was because of her shine award last year, if they had actually gone, um, to eBay open last year, but, um, and I knew a few people from, you know, just from Facebook groups and things like that. But, you know, I knew I was going to be meeting a bunch of people I already knew at eBay open, but I will tell you, I think it surprised both of us how many people, the very first meetup that we went to that first night, um, we couldn't make it through the doorway. <laughs> um, there was so there were so many people that kept coming up to us and talking to us and saying that they watched the show and they you yeah. know they were fans or you know it, which the word itself yeah. fan just sounds weird to me and feels weird to me to say <laughs> that but you know subscribers or people that watched the show it was it was really cool it was really exciting to meet people um, you know there was one woman that came up to us that you know couldn't even talk she was her husband was talking for her and. She was very emotional and had been crying about how we, you know, watching our channel had helped her and, and it, I mean, she was crying. We were crying. It was, it's, yeah. it's, it's super, it's super humbling because when we realized like we've had so many people either through our Facebook group or, you know, just in comments or messages, like letting us know how much being a part of our, of the group and everything has impacted their, their lives and, how much it's helped them in their businesses. Like, you know, in, in the, in the Facebook group, I do this thing every day. It's called the, it's called hashtag two or two. And it's the whole idea is that no matter what, um, no matter what you're doing, you have time to list at least two new items. And if you don't have time to list two new items, you at least have time to end like your two oldest items and rework them and do like sell similar. It's very eBay centric. 
but really it's applicable to Poshmark or Mercari or Amazon, whatever else. And the mm -hmm. idea is just building those habits of putting in a little work every single day, um, particularly around listing, because that is the thing that most people struggle with the most. And it's building that daily habit that no matter what, you can put aside some time to do a little bit. And once you do that little bit, maybe you can do a little bit more. And there's been so many people who have said that since they started doing that, you know, their businesses have doubled or tripled or, you know, they've gained 30% in sales over the last month or whatever. And when I hear that, I'm just like so excited that like we're having an impact on other people like that because, um, you know, that's the whole point. It is the whole point. And I know a lot of people struggle and they get frustrated when they don't know like why they're, they're not growing the way that they want to be growing. And when it comes down to it, it's, it's really simple. It is a numbers game for the most part and uh, helping people to kind of, to build those habits. It's, it's exciting. So I guess that's my really long roundabout way of saying like, <laughs> I get really excited when I hear people say how much uh, being a part of our community has, has impacted their, their lives positively. Well, I definitely follow it. I, when you started, when I started following you, you were talking about the two and two, I was just like, you know what? She's right. You know, you got to, you know, at least list two new things or, you know, you know, go over your old listings and, you know, uh, create similar, you know, mm -hmm. and I do what you, I do what you do, you know, you know, advise other people to do. And it's helped me. It's helped me a lot. Awesome. Great. Well, you guys, I, I don't want to take up any more of you guys' time. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I, I love you guys to death. I talk about you guys all the time. My wife loves you guys. We love your YouTube channel. We, we try to watch it, it, you know, as much as we can. And uh, thanks for coming on. And one more question for you guys. If you guys had um, advice for a new seller, uh, what advice would you give them? What do you got? What do you got? Um, I've been asked this question a couple of times and it's a good question. I think it's important to ask this. Uh, I hope you ask all your guests this. I do. <laughs> um, good. It's a good question. Um, my biggest bit of advice is use the tools that are available to you. Um, follow sellers on, on YouTube, and I don't necessarily mean us, uh, but follow other sellers on YouTube, join Facebook groups, and do this because um, having a reselling community is... Uh, incredibly valuable. Um, you're going to connect with certain people that have the same values as you do or have the same um, type of work ethic or that you just like their personality, you like the way they do things. Um, those are the people that you're going to be drawn to and those are the people that you should be following. Uh, people that have, a you know, address things in a positive manner. There are dozens and dozens of people that have YouTube tutorials and pages and things like that. And some are great for some people and some are great for other people. You're going to find the person that speaks to you, but having that community and learning from other people, I think as a new seller is probably the best tool that is available out there. Mm -hmm. I wish that these things had been available when I started selling. I agree. I totally agree. That's great advice. Um, so I guess what I would say, you know, I've said different things at different times, so I'll say something different this time. So if anybody's heard me talk about this before, they get a little bit of a different bit of advice. I would say if you are a new seller or especially if you're an, uh, somebody who wants to start selling and you haven't done it yet, um, my advice would be to just start. It's just like in anything else in life, like don't sit there and try to like, you know, there's so many people who try to research things to death and they're like waiting for like some magical perfect circumstances where suddenly they're going to have all the knowledge and they're going to be ready to really get things going. 
Um, and my advice would be, who cares if you don't know what you're doing right now? Just start, just open an account, just start an account, whether it's eBay or Etsy or Poshmark or whatever, just start, list your first thing. You know what? Your first listings are going to be terrible. You're going to be selling horrible stuff that nobody wants for the most <laughs> part. And that's okay. It's like, it's I know a that firsthand. <laughs> exactly. It's a learning experience. So just start. That's the best way you're going to learn. Um, just start and then moving forward, be open to learning new things and uh, always be looking for better ways that you can improve yourself. But the biggest thing is to just take that first step. Really good advice. That's awesome. Okay, guys, I won't take up any more of you guys' time. Thank you very much. I will see you guys on Instagram. Thank you for coming on. And thanks for yeah, having us. Good luck, you guys. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Again, I want to thank uh, Katie Zilberberg and Vicky, the LV Pink Panther, for coming on the show. It was a great interview. I've been wanting to interview them for a while since I started the podcast, and they agreed to do it, so it was great uh, for them to come on and do it. So I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Um, you guys do need to follow them. You listeners out there need to follow them on Instagram, uh, Katie Zilberberg and Vicky, the LV Pink Panther. She goes by LV Pink Panther on her Instagram. Uh, so go ahead and follow them and subscribe to their YouTube channel uh, under Katie Zilberberg and follow uh, follow their YouTube channel. They've got a lot of great stuff on there. And uh, just go ahead and follow them. And they, they have the Boss Faceup group. So if you're on Facebook, follow them on the Boss Faceup group or join the group. And uh, now we're going to go on to eBay News. Now, uh, I was looking and researching some eBay News, and I usually do it a couple of days before my podcast, but... There's not really much going on as far as uh, eBay news. Um, the only thing I can I came up with that was pretty interesting because I try to find articles that are interesting and I don't want to lose you guys uh, through this podcast. Um, one was interesting. It's a New York Knicks fan uh, disgruntled with with the team. Uh, if you don't know, New York Knicks is a basketball team in the NBA. They um, Constantly have losing seasons. I don't think there was ever a time they even won a championship, and it's been a while. Uh, I don't know if they've ever won a championship. Uh, anyway, uh, a disgruntled Knicks fan uh, puts his fandom up for sale on eBay. Uh, this is on Newsweek.com, uh, on MSN.com, uh, Newsweek article. Uh, he is disgruntled over the Knicks not doing well and it appears to have taken a toll on this guy and he's had enough and he has put up his fandom on sale for eBay for $1,900. Uh, the figure is far from random as it references the year the Knicks last won the NBA Finals. So I guess they did win one uh, back in 1973. So he started his fandom bid at uh, one thousand nine hundred and seventy-three dollars, uh, which was the last time the New York Knicks won the NBA Finals. Uh, the listing states the winner of the bid can select a new team to the auctioneer. So what he's doing is basically uh, jumping off the Knicks bandwagon and auctioning to the winner whatever team he, that winner selects that he must follow loyally. Um, they said the listing of the winner. Can select a new team to the auctioneer, 
who has supported the Knicks for the last 33, uh, 33 years. Uh, he's uh, quoted as saying, uh, I hate the Knicks, I love the Hicks, Knicks, but I hate the Knicks. Uh, my childhood room is still filled with posters from the 90s, the good old glory days, not just Ewing, LJ, Houston. I'm talking about Rick Brunson, uh, article cutouts, laminated. I mean, this guy was just a huge, huge Knicks fan. And now it's basically a museum. Uh, he says, at the moment, my New York fanhood is officially for sale, which has included the bidding of my new fanhood. Uh, like, again, if whoever wins the bid uh, has to select a new team for this guy to follow. And he's is quoted as, I will honor the team of your choosing and be a fan. The auctioneer has pledged to fulfill a number of tasks for his soon-to-be new team, including rooting for his, the team wholeheartedly, buying the NBA package to watch every game, and bet $500 on their team total over wins, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, whichever team he ends up supporting, the fan has also promised to attend at least one home game and one away game, for which he will have to cover the cost of flights and accommodation. Uh, to prove his intent to desperately tie his colors to a new mask, the fan has also promised to burn no less than three items of Nick's memorabilia and have his new team license plate ca uh, casing for his car. <laughs> this guy is going all out to get a new team to follow and be loyal to. He is just fed up with the Knicks. Um, at the time of the writing, the bid, the bid has reached up to $2,750. A figure which will likely rise in the further of the three days left at the end of the auction. While some cynically sneer at the listing as the way to make a quick buck, keeping his word won't be cheap. The NBA League Pass costs around $200. Uh, the NBA League Pass is a television pass where you can watch all NBA games of any team that you want to watch. Uh, and jerseys could send them back to amount if they're from an NBA store. And jersey, uh, NBA jerseys do go for a lot. Just go ahead and look them up on eBay. And those are eBay prices. If you go to an e uh, like an NBA store, or if you go to uh, like Fans or uh, Foot Locker or something, and buy a jersey outright, you're paying up. You know, for an authentic jersey, 150, 200 dollars for a jersey. Uh, you got to factor in flights, accommodation costs, two games, and a 500 dollar bet. Uh, expenses uh, and expenses could spiral. Uh, that's pretty much the end of the article. Uh, I just want to say this guy. This guy's a, a probably a bandwagon fan. I'm sure he was a longtime Knicks fan. If you're a loyal fan to a team, you're a loyal fan for life. I know people and those friends and family who jump from one team to another because one team is not doing well. They'll jump to another team and say they're fans. To me, like. I've been a Lakers fan forever. I've been a Lakers fan since, you know, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar era. And, you know, even though they're not doing well, I'm still a fan of theirs, you know. And LeBron James is, an, is a Laker now, which you know, I'm not that excited about because I'm not a really huge LeBron James fan. But back to the article. Um, yeah, this guy is pretty much putting up his fandom on eBay. And it's kind of interesting to see how this ends up and how much he... Uh, the bid uh, goes up to. So I think I'm going to keep an eye on this article. Uh, maybe I can look up the bid on eBay. 
but uh, that's the only thing I could find eBay related. Everything else is just uh, just boring stuff. You don't want to don't want to uh, hear on this podcast. It's just boring stuff. And but this was the most interesting. So a guy in New York putting up his, his fandom on eBay. So we'll see how that turns out. And uh, up next is uh, weird listing of the week. Now it's time to go over my weekend sales. I'm going a little backwards here, um, a little discombobulated here. Um, usually go over my weekend sales, then do eBay news. But today is different. It's good to be different. So let's go ahead and start on my weekend sales. Now, first one up uh, was a pair of shorts that I've had in my uh, store forever. Uh, picked them up at the bins. Uh, paid less than a dollar for them, of course. Uh, the brand of the shorts is called uh, uh, Sprodif USA Men's Black uh, Cargo Shorts. They're new with tags. That's the reason why I picked them up. Uh, at the time I, I got them, I, I looked up the comps on them, and they were selling pretty well. Uh, but for some reason, these shorts took forever to sell. Uh, I don't know why it took forever. I had a lot of watchers on them, and finally... Uh, someone gave me an offer of $15. I think I had them up for $19. And I uh, took a best offer of $15. So went ahead and shipped those out to its new home uh, just just to get rid of them. They've been up there for a few months. Uh, next up uh, is something I almost never sell. And I don't pick them up anymore after I found out that they don't sell. At least for me. I don't know if they sell for, for you guys out there who are selling them. Uh, uh, skirts, women's skirts, do not sell for me. Uh, I picked up a Banana Republic women's uh, tan skirt. Uh, pretty nice looking skirt. Um, you know, it, I think I had them up for fourteen ninety nine. Took a best offer of twelve dollars, just to get rid of them, because I don't sell skirts at all. I have, I still have a few of them in my store that they're just sitting there and not doing anything, and not very many watchers, and I keep dropping the price on them. But uh, this one, I, I took a best offer of $12. It's a, just a basic uh, beige tan skirt from Banana Republic. So those are off to its new home. Um, next one up is uh, a life, the brand of the blouse is called Lifestyle. Uh, it's a women's uh, blue three-quarter sleeve with a floral print, white floral print on it. Extra large, so it's a, it's a fairly large blouse. Uh, didn't have it up there for that long. Uh, maybe uh, over a month or so. Uh, the buyer bought it for $14, another best offer. I think I had them up for $16.99. Uh, yeah, $16.99. Took a best offer for $14. Just a, just a basic blouse with floral print. Uh, pretty bright colors, so they sold for $14. Uh, next up is a Chico's. Uh, I do sell a lot of Chico's stuff. I haven't sold a lot lately. This is the first Chico's I've sold in a while. But uh, whenever I get Chico's, it does sell for me eventually. Uh, Chico's uh, is a pink dolman sleeve blouse. Now, if you don't know what a dolman sleeve, and if you asked me eight months ago what a dolman sleeve was, I wouldn't know either. But they're, they're like bat wing type sleeves. You know, it's got real baggy uh, sleeves. Not not like short sleeve or, or uh, a tank top. Um, they're just kind of like a, it looks like a bat wing basically. So it's, it's dolman sleeve, what they call dolman sleeve. Uh, it's a size two in Chico's. Chico's sizes their clothes weird. It's a size two, but it's a big size. 
and I sold that for uh, what I was asking for. It wasn't even the best offer. Uh, I put it up for $19.99, and that's exactly what I got for it, uh, $19.99. So it's a, it's a pretty nice-looking blouse, uh, pink color, and that one's being shipped off to its new home. Uh, next one up is probably one of my best flips so far, uh, a one of my best flips. It's... Uh, I recognize it right away. I got it at the Goodwill, uh, not the Goodwill bins, but I got it at Goodwill. It was off the rack, and uh, it was up with all the men's sweaters were, like crew knit uh, sweaters, and it stuck out because it uh, on the sleeve it has it's actually a vintage troop. You know, if you don't know troop, sorry, uh, vintage uh, a troop sweater is an old streetwear company back in the '80s. Now, when I was growing up, Troop was uh, strictly like an East Coast streetwear. A lot of uh, uh, hip-hop rappers, you know, were wearing them, Troop, uh, T-R-O-O-P. Now, if you ever pick it up, pick it up because it's vintage. I don't even know if Troop is still around anymore. Um, but I picked this one up. It's a red Troop crew neck sweater pullover, and it has the basketball and... Uh, a lot of other um, graphics all over it, um, printed graphics. Uh, it's got a basketball, blue basketball with a crown on top of it with look like wings. And the side of the sleeve, one side of the sleeve says Troop. The other side says Dunk It. Um, in the back of the, of the sweater is really cool. It's two basketball hoops with, with um, basketballs going through it. And um, the bottom of the sweater says, uh, I think it says Troop King of Sports. So I looked up comps on it, and I knew about Troop before because uh, when I grew up, and you know when I was a kid back in the, in the '80s, listening to hip hop. Hip hop was fairly new; nobody knew too much about it. I was a huge fan of hip hop, and uh, all the rappers were wearing them. So I knew exactly what Troop was, and I looked it up, and I looked up comps, and the comps were going like from. 100 to 150 to 200 and I've seen a one troop sweater for $299 and <clears throat> excuse me so I went ahead and got it it was I think they priced it at $799 but it was half off at the Goodwill store and I picked it up for four bucks and flipped it for $127.49 now I had it up for $149, but uh, I ran a sale in my store, so it was 15% off $149, and it was, it was $127.49, I believe. Did I? Let me make sure on that. It was $127. I'm looking at my computer, but I'm looking at the original listing. No, it took a best offer of $100. So I turned $4 into $100. And that was a really good flip. Um, the guy is from UK, but it's not going to be shipped international. Uh, here's the thing. The guy messaged me. Uh, he says, will you take 100 bucks for it? And I said, yeah. You know, I to go, can you ship it to a friend of mine in Tennessee? This guy is from the UK. And then he sends me stuff from his house to my house here in the UK. And I go, well, here's the deal. Um, he... Can change the address, but here's the thing: if I change the address on the shipping, and it gets lost in transit, I am not covered 
I could pay for uh, extra insurance, but I don't want to do that. And he's like, he messages back, and I'm like, I, I can't take that chance of this vintage sweater being lost in transit. So I told him, you know, I, I'm going to have to decline your offer. So I declined it. Uh, he messaged me like an hour later, says, if my friend buys it for me, you can ship it to him. And I said, yeah, of course. So his friend ended up buying it in Tennessee. So I accepted the offer $100, shipped it off. And I guess he received it already from his friend because I already got a good feedback on it. So he said he loved the sweater. So it's a good flip. 100 bucks made four bucks into 100 bucks. Um, last but not least is a pair of shoes. Brand new New Balance uh, 860V running shoes. Uh, they were like white, green, black. Uh, size 11 and a half, so fairly big size. Sold them pretty quick. I had them in my store for less than a couple weeks. And took a best offer of $67.50. Uh, I think I had them up for $79. And took a, yeah, took a best offer of $67.50. There's a story behind this uh, shoe. Sorry, um, it's gonna be a sloppy podcast. Um, he messaged me yesterday uh, when I was at my full time job and says, I looked online and he says, the shoes have been delivered into my mailbox, but I have not received the shoes. And I go, Sorry to hear that. Um, what can I do for you? And I try to help out the buyers as much as possible. He's all, Can you look into this to see why they weren't? you know, in my mailbox when it says it, it's been delivered. <clears throat> and I said, yeah. So I called eBay. And because from here, I didn't I didn't know what to do. So I, I looked it up. I said, you know, what? I'm just going to call eBay. Went on my break, called eBay. eBay says uh, the buyer needs to open up a item not received case. As soon as the uh, buyer opens up a not received case, um, we'll handle it from there. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Thank you. Message back to buyer. I told him, you need to open up an item not received case, and then eBay will give you instructions from there. Have not heard from him again. It's been a day, and I didn't get a message back saying thank you or whatever, and I'm still waiting on this. So I don't know if this guy's trying to, you know, scam me out of a shoe but this I have all the tracking information and it's been delivered I did my part mailed it to him it was delivered so now he has to open up a item not received case if that's the real case so hopefully I'm not trying to he's trying not to scam me out of some shoes so I'm gonna keep an eye on this this cell right here but I did make $67.50 and I only paid uh, twenty-one dollars for these shoes. They were uh, reduced at Burlington, Burlington, and uh, I saw them. I looked at the comps. The comps were pretty good, so I went ahead and took a chance on them. Bought them for twenty-one bucks. Listed them for seventy-nine. Got a best offer of uh, sixty-seven. And uh, supposedly they got there according to the tracking information of uh, United States Postal Service. So I'm gonna keep an eye on that one. And that's pretty much it for my sales. Uh, not bad, but not great either. 
um, sales were really slow for me. I even ran a sale in my store and didn't get very many sales. So uh, I'm looking at Instagram and a lot of other sellers were having the same issue, not very many sales over the weekend. So hopefully this week will be a lot better and we'll get some, uh, some good sales. So that's pretty much it for my uh, weekend sales. Uh, next is uh, Weird Listing of the Week. Now it's time for everybody's favorite, last but not least, now I'm back in order, Weird Listing of the Week. <clears throat> um, this week, very weird, very gross, very disgusting listing on eBay. Um, just like a few podcasts ago, uh, I got to warn you, it is gross, so... You know, it's not vulgar, like I said before, but it's pretty gross. Um, the seller is Farina underscore A-N. And the listing is a Ziploc bag full of human dead skin. Why would somebody put dead skin on eBay is beyond me. Um, the description is dead skin from hands and feet. From very uh, very large pieces there, and you can see on the photos on here. And I'll put this on Instagram. Everything I'm talking about today, I'll put on Instagram. My weekend sales, my uh, weird listing of the week. I'm gonna, you know, not only talk about it. You can see it on Instagram. Uh, can be used for medical research or other educational purposes. Uh, used some in my pre-med course already. Bag has more than six ounces of skin. Paying for med school, serious buyers only. And do you guys, you know, it looks to me, now the, the main picture on here looks like a bag of munchos. <laughs> now, if you ever ate munchos and you look at the potato chips in the munchos, this is exactly what this looks like. <laughs> Maybe I'll put a bag of munchos next to the weird listing of the week, but it looks exactly like munchos, which I love munchos, but... After looking at this, I probably don't like them as much anymore. Um, there's three photos and all different, tried, you know, different angles, you know, I don't know why. Uh, I think one photo would have been suffice. Um, one is like sideways and upside down. And, um, but the starting bid is at $2. Now, I don't know how that's going to pay for med school, but hey, go for it. Uh, dead skin on eBay if you're looking for dead, oh. Uh, it's $3.50 shipping. Yeah. And then hopefully they don't put it in a poly where it gets smushed like the earwax. Anyway, dead skin, Farina underscore AN, selling some dead skin on eBay. Starting bid is $2. So if you're looking for dead skin for research purposes or educational purposes, go ahead and pick this up. Um, when I do research <laughs> for a weird listing, there's so many weird listings. I got to pick from like hundreds of weird listings to talk about on my podcast and some are just strange and bizarre, weird, but this is definitely weird, dead skin from hands and feet, pretty gross, but uh, that's pretty much it, my weird listing of the week, again, I want to thank Katie Zilberberg, Vicky, the LV Pink Panther, thank you so much for being on the show, I appreciate it a whole lot, you guys are my favorite. Uh, resellers, one of my favorites resellers. Uh, they're from, they're local from Las Vegas, just like me. Um, go ahead and follow them again on YouTube under Katie Zuberberg. 
Follow them on their Instagram under Katie Zilberberg. Follow Vicky in her Instagram under LV Pink Panther. Uh, hope everybody has a good week, has a good weekend. Hope your sales are up, and let's keep on hustling.